Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, joined by Aaron Keller, and basically our second co-host at this point, Bobby Jones, our Outdoor Connection Coordinator. And then for the very first time, we have Catherine Reed, and she is the author of Snowshoeing Around Lake Tahoe. Catherine, we are so excited to have you. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I'm uh, excited as well, especially with snow in the forecast. So this is wonderful. Of course. And we're excited because this is actually our Christmas Day podcast. So we'll have had a few snow um, snow days at that point. And also things will be dying down after the holidays and we want to give people something to do. So get out there and snowshoe. Um, so Catherine, let's just get right into it. Could you just tell us about yourself and your background? Like, when did you first get into snowshoeing? Oh, wow. I'm not really sure when I first got into it. Um, I feel like I've been athletic my whole life, which I have my parents to thank me for or thank them for. And I had been coming in up to, to Tahoe since I was a kid. We would come up as a family to go downhill skiing. And then I first moved um to Tahoe in the late 80s, right out of uh, college. And you, no matter what job you have, most jobs don't pay you a lot right out of college. And downhill skiing, even though it probably was like $30 a ticket then, um, which seems really cheap now, uh, was still unaffordable to me. And snowshoeing was an option to still be out in the world and to appreciate the snow and appreciate my surroundings and what I joke with people is is if you can walk you can snowshoe and so I really think it's there for anybody it's there for families it's there for older people and and I almost always have um, poles with me when I snowshoe so I feel like in people with balance issues you've, you've got that little security with the poles and so I, to this day, I just feel like you can go anywhere. You can make it easy and go flat. You can go kind of backcountry and you don't hear a lot about backcountry snowshoeing, but pretty much where you backcountry ski, you can backcountry snowshoe. I love that you bring that up, just how anyone can snowshoe. I um, I have not snowshoed. <laughs> oh, man, we need to get you I out. Know. I know Aaron and I were talking about it. Um, right before because he snowshoes with his family a lot but I'm glad to hear anyone can do it and I also love how affordable you mentioned it is because that's something we always want to connect people with nature but one of the barriers is people are worried about the costs of the different activities so absolutely and there's a lot of um some sporting goods stores that will actually rent snowshoes so just like you can rent um skis you can rent snowshoes and there are there are even ski resorts that have um, snowshoe rentals. I know like North Star is one of the ones that does and has routes up on their mountain, but it's, you know, that's a little more expensive because you're going to be paying for a lift ticket, but you could rent it at a, another, you know, ski shop or, or sporting goods store and, and go from there. And really what you just need is uh, a pair of hiking boots 
and then you're good to go. That's really good to hear. Aaron, were you going to yeah, say? Yeah, I, I, I loan out my snowshoes quite a bit because unlike skis or some other sports, it's not really size specific to like, there's a wide range that you can use snowshoes for, right? If you have them, like Catherine said, if you want to go easy and learn how to do it, you can go flat, which you don't necessarily need like a specialized snowshoe for that. As long as it fits your foot and you can snug it down, snowshoes have a wide range. Like um, for my kids, they use really little shoes because they're really light on top of the snow. Okay. And so to give those to another family to go snowshoeing is pretty easy. And uh or just to, to loan them out for the day. So. Well, the other nice thing about snowshoes, as opposed to loaning your skis, you know, if you walk over the rocks on your snowshoes, yeah, you, you might dull the, the bottoms a little, but you're not going to destroy it, unlike, you know, to loan your skis out. And yeah, I'd loan snowshoes, not skis. <laughs> Very good point. Erin, <laughs> I want to see a picture of these little tiny snowshoes. Yeah, I'll find a I'll find a picture. I got I have a picture of one son in a child carrier and another one snowshoeing next to me and holding my arm. Well, I'm like holding him up so he doesn't fall down the whole time. But that's so great. cute. Yeah. So I want to come great. back to that in a little because it shows, I mean, a whole family could be out there enjoying it together. But first, if you are going to get into snowshoeing and you're listening, Catherine has the perfect guide for you. Snowshoeing around Lake Tahoe. Must do scenic treks. Catherine, can you tell us a little bit about your book and how how you ended up writing this, and just tell us all about it? Where sure. So I uh, have been a journalist um, essentially my whole life, and while I was um, I had LakeTahoeNews.net, which was an online um, news site um, for nine years, and primarily covering the basin but outside the basin too and one of the things I wrote about was when I would go out and hike and snowshoe and um just to give people a you know locals as well as those you know outside the basin um ideas of where to go to play and so I compiled the first I compiled all the hiking or most of the hiking um stories into a book and then I compiled the snowshoe stories into a book and then I combined those two books into one book so if you hike and snowshoe you could just buy one book um, so it was really to put them all in one place and give a broader um, market so to speak to to the stories or to those who weren't reading Lake Tahoe News um, to, to share my fun with people because I just think both hiking and snowshoeing uh, in the greater Lake Tahoe area is just wonderful to do. And the, the thing with snowshoeing is that um, you know, a lot of people say, well, what do I do in Tahoe other than downhill ski? You know, we're the base and the greater Lake Tahoe area is just world renowned for um, its Olympic athletes, its wonderful um, resorts that there are in Tahoe. But what do you do if you don't want to spend over $100 a day to downhill? What do you do if you know, you want a break from skiing. Um, and I think snowshoeing is, is a, that wonderful alternative. And you can just go do it. You, you don't, like I said earlier, you don't need to 
have a lot of financial investment and you don't really even have to drive that far. So it's, um, it's one of those sports that are, it's even good for the kind of what I'd call the, the non-athletic person. Because like I said, if you can walk, you can snowshoe. And it's just another way to enjoy the, the beauty of Lake Tahoe. It's perfect for me. People like me, yeah, I'm not good at skiing. I like skiing and I want to be out in the snow, but I'm just not good at it. So this would be, I got to get snowshoes. You do, you do. You'll enjoy it because some of the routes in the book take people near the lake. Some are um, a little more uh, adventuresome and, and each of the, uh, the routes in there is rated for scenic quality and difficulty. So that gives people an idea of um, what they would be finding. The other unique thing about this book, as well as the hiking book, is that it's written in narrative form. So it's not your traditional guidebook. It's each um, adventure is a, a little story unto itself. I love that. I love how it's broken down too by, like you said, it shows how scenic it is. Um, the challenge and then it even tells you how to get there and then goes into the little narrative I really like it um any favorites in your book favorite well I think this is appropriate that um since I'm speaking to you guys that my favorite is in Nevada um and that's Marlette Lake and Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people think of Marlette Lake as either biking out there, hiking. Um, It is one of the longer snowshoes. Um, I think it's 12 miles, but it was so secluded. And I just love that. There were just, it was just us, the group of friends and I out there and just beautiful, just stunningly serene. And it was like, where is everyone? And like, we didn't want them, but it's like, in some ways you wanted to share it with others just because it was so wonderful. And, you know, that's kind of the nice thing about um, whether you're in the Nevada or California side of the basin, there are so many different places uh, that you can go. I'm definitely going to have to check out that one. I love Marlette Lake anyway. (laughs) It's up there. So I can imagine how it would look. Well, and the the nice thing about snowshoeing, and, and it'd be the same with downhill in the sense that you can't always look at what the snow level is in the basin to know if it's a good day to snowshoe or, or cross country ski or downhill. It's, um, you know, you can go up just a little higher in elevation and you're going to get great places to go explore. Exactly. And yeah, then- and I also think Catherine, the, the thing I like about snowshoeing is if you don't necessarily have a destination you're going to like going all the way to Marlette Lake, and you just have some time to get outside. Snowshoeing is a great form of exercise, but on a really nice day, winter day, it's nice to just go out for a little while and make a loop around a trail or something like that. So I think your book will definitely have some ideas for me, you know, both for the full day, but then also just short trips to go check out new trails. Well, and that's exactly it, but you can, um just go and then make it a out and back turn around wherever you want to turn around and you know you don't have to go that that 12 miles to Marlette Lake you can just get on the trail do what you want turn around and and you had a some fun out in the snow for morning or afternoon 
Exactly. I feel like we could just keep talking to you um, and we're going to pick your brain on tips for people getting into snowshoeing. Also, Erin, I'm sure you'll have a lot to add to that um, right after this break. You're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today we're talking to Katherine Reed, the author of Snowshoeing Around Lake Tahoe, talking about all things snowshoeing in her book, and hopefully some of you got some snowshoes for Christmas, or you got gift cards, and you could put all of this information to use. So, Catherine, thank you again for being here. It's been fun talking to you about snowshoeing. Well, it's such a fun uh, activity. I, I hate to call it a sport because that can, you know, dissuade people from wanting to do it, but it really is a, an activity, and uh, it can be great for everybody. Yep, that's exactly. You don't have to be an athlete. Anyone, anyone can snowshoe. Right. Um, so that being said, what are some tips and Aaron jump in at any time Aaron was explaining in the first half, he goes out with his family and his small kids snowshoeing. So, um, what are some tips? What are the main tips you would give to people just getting started? Well, like anytime you're out in, um, in the elements, in the wild, so to speak, even if you're sort of in a mild, um, route that you're going to take, you want to dress appropriately. So you want to dress in layers because you're going to, um, you know, maybe work out, you're going to get warm doing it because it's, it's an activity, whether, because you're walking. So you want to have, um, you know, a wicking layer, a, you know, there might be a slight breeze. So depending on whether you're having fleece or a more of a wind type jacket. And if you're going really far and, you know, you, you might want your puffy, certainly gloves, hat. Um, you know, I use gaiters on my boots, um, but sometimes just having uh, waterproof boots is fine. Um, but you want the, the right amount of clothing. You're probably going to have a pack with you so you can put your clothes in it. But another really, really big thing is to take water. Um, you're going to be at a higher elevation, presumably, than you're used to. Um, even if you live at lake level at 6,200 feet, if you're going up to 8,000 feet, you're higher than you're used to. If you're coming from the, the floor in, in the Carson Valley, Carson City area, obviously going up to lake, you're, you're higher. Um, so water, you need to stay hydrated. And it's really easy in winter to not drink water because you don't Think you're exerting as much as you are when you know the sun's bright and you're sweating more but um, the rule of thumb with uh, dehydration is if you feel thirsty it's too late and that's why you always want to uh, be drinking water so and then the, the shoes themselves um, I think at the shops they can uh, help you with what to get in terms of weight and length and then they have specialized ones if people are going to be running in them or what all you might be doing in your snowshoe so like any 
sporting equipment. Um, you can get real specialized, but to start with, you just need a kind of a universal pair that they're going to base on your your height and weight. And uh, I think Aaron can talk a little bit more of uh, things he learned about uh, the weight issue. Yeah, I was saying, telling Catherine at the break that when I bought my first pair of snowshoes, I bought them based off of my weight, like basically when I get out of the shower and get on the scale. And then I, you know, then you put on your jacket. And for me, I put on my backpack and I had my camera and I had plenty of snacks and water and everything else. And your weight goes up by, you know, 20 pounds or whatever it is, 30 pounds. And so I had to go and upgrade or just get longer snowshoes to account for that because I was going in the backcountry to take video of mule deer. And uh, so you had to take all that stuff with you. But yeah, it's a, it's a sport where you don't need a lot as far as, and you probably have most of the things. If you live in this area, you know, like a winter coat and gloves and a hat and things like that. So, but definitely it's a, it's a, a, a workout in, in some ways. So you're gonna get warm, you're gonna dr overdress and then take it off and then put it back on. And uh, when you stop and eat lunch and things like that, but definitely bring lots of snacks, um, you know, sports drinks like Gatorade and stuff like that sometimes are good. Um, but yeah, not not too not too equipment heavy. Just plan on having a good time and, and planning a good route. How do you do that with your family and your kids? Not bringing too much. Well, it's the same as anything else. You just plan ahead. For me, you're you look like a dad. <laughs> I look the same as if I'm going snowshoeing. I got like all the things, right? So, um, but you have to make it fun for kids because it's it's a lot of work, but but it is uh, it's fun to get kids out there and doing that type of stuff. Where do you usually go, Aaron? Any specific favorite places that the kids have? No, but I did when I was reading um, Catherine's book. There were some ideas that I had new ideas of places to go. And one that I didn't really think about was some of the state parks that are at the lake that mm -hmm. on a really good snow day, I could see enjoying the view of the lake and making it pretty easy, but but enjoying one of the state parks. Well, that's perfect. Yeah, the, the state parks are, you know, plentiful at the lake and um, all have wonderful uh, places you can, you can snowshoe. And Bobby, you're sitting, I see your face in the corner, and I want to get to you because this was your brainchild, this podcast. Yeah, uh, I kind of stumbled into it, but I wanted to say, I wanted to go back. You, you mentioned that some people are dissuaded by the idea of it being a sport versus an activity. And I was going to say, I know most people coming into new activities, they're dissuaded most by the perceived barriers. And that's one of the things that your book helps to walk through the super ultra basics. You know, sometimes just people, you know, we, we shoot right past stuff, but like they've literally never walked on snow. And you talk about in the book, like, you know, the claws were really helpful on this day or no, I really, we, you know, in this, you know, narrative story, we went out at, you know, in the late morning when the snow was softer and it was easier to walk on. Do you want to talk about just a little bit of that kind of stuff just for people that they may not live in the basin, but if they're looking at doing it for the first time, you know, they may not think about because they haven't walked on snow with snowshoes, just the super basics. Well, for one, your, um, your gait is going to be a little different as you're walking. 
so you're going to have, because you have these wide, long contraptions, snowshoes, on, you know, your, your foot is into this contraption. So it's a little different gait, and people need to, you know, be cognizant of that. Um, you're going to feel it right away. I think poles are a huge thing to have um, in terms of keeping you upright and balanced and feeling more secure because you know, how the snow falls, it, it's not even everywhere. And the texture is not even in everywhere. If you have a tree providing shade somewhere, you're going, it's going to be a little more crunchy. It might be a little icy. And that's why the, the claws um, underneath are so important to just give you that grip and um, feeling secure. And, and then sometimes it's gonna be powdery and really soft, light, fluffy snow. Um, it's not always Sierra cement. Um, and that you, you will sometimes go down um, a little deeper than you probably wanted to. And, and if you're the one breaking trail, you're going to get the better workout. Um, everybody behind you is going to um, be going, all right, yeah, Bobby's breaking trail today. I, I can take it easy back here. So, you know, that if you are breaking trail with a group of friends, it's nice to rotate in and out so one person's legs aren't uh, taking the brunt of it. But really just it, for people new to it, I would um, stay as flat as you can. Um, and try to go someplace pretty because anytime something's pretty, I mean, you can just pause and look at the scenery. You can forget, you know, you don't want to feel like you're on a death march in snowshoes. Um, that Then it, it's just going to, you're never going to do it again. And the other thing I noticed is that it doesn't sound like um, you go snowshoeing by yourself too often. Uh, you're, is it, would you consider this a pretty good social activity for, you know, you and a friend or a group of friends. I, I know Aaron's been talking about a family, but I, I don't remember the story, the stories you going on your own much. I I do go with friends. Um, I probably the only ones I would have ever gone on was when my dog by go by myself would be when my dog was um, younger and she's 18 now and not going on any snowshoes. Um, so I just think it's it's fun. It's um, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to reflect back on having a fun excursion and have that memory with someone and, you know, maybe go out for an adult beverage afterward or something. Sounds like a fun day. Yes. <laughs> and, and I guess this is also somewhat of a pitch to others for the book. I thought there was some really handy stuff for people that, you know, come up with excuses of why not to go in terms of, hey, this is where you're going to go and you're going to park here and then look for this and you'll know where you're at. And it's that kind of handy. That's the kind of information I would give someone if I was telling them, you know, where to go fishing or where to go hiking. You know, what's, right. this is literally what it'll look like. And hey, and, you know, on uh, it, it also talks about, you know, if it's a good snow year or if it's light or uh, if you need, I wouldn't have known what a snow permit was or a snow park permit. And then you okay. get into that just a little bit like, hey, for this place, you'll need it. It's a permit from the Forest Service. But um, no, so I just, as a person who's brand new with no context, it was the kind of information I'd want to know. And, and you said like, oh yeah, bring your dog on this trip, but not on this one. Well, good. I'm glad you found it to be um, so resourceful. It's, it's sometimes you don't want to get 
bogged down with too many details, but if you leave a few things out that could end up making for a, a, an unpleasant experience for someone that you didn't intend to have that consequence by any means. Yeah. So, but the, like the snow park permits, um, those are, oh gosh, let's see, valid November 1st through May 31st, I believe. And you can get them, um, oh, they're $20, $25 for the season. And it's about $5 um, per day. You can get them in a lot of different places. Um, uh, sometimes gas stations sell them out, like in Myers, I've picked one up there on my way out going towards Alpine County and the Forest Service office in the basin. And I don't know if um, there's gotta be places in Carson City that would have them um, either, you know, the Tyobi um, office of the Forest Service and maybe your agency sees them. I don't know, um, but they're pretty accessible and you can just uh, Google that, but it is important to have, otherwise you're going to get towed in a pretty big ticket. And um, it just really, the money kind of goes towards uh, having the agencies that plow those big parking areas, um, it would do that. And so, you know, it's kind of the, having to pay for a little bit of fun, but it's not one of those things that's going to um, prohibit most people from uh, being able to go enjoy a day of snowshoeing. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I have two tips. One of them is um, a good one, which is when you turn, like if you're going out and back, just know that when you turn around, you're only halfway. So don't go too far out and then, cause it is, or could be a lot of work to get back. And then my, my second one is, uh, up in your backpack and out of your car and everything else before you put your snowshoes on. Don't put your snowshoes on and then <laughs> remember to get all these things out of your car because it you can definitely tell beginner snowshoes or snowshoers at their vehicle when they're trying to flop around and get their stuff back on. So well the other thing is every buckling system is a little different. So especially if you're, when you're first starting out, maybe you're borrowing it from a friend or renting the, the shoes, know how to operate them before you need to know how to operate them. And you might try and um, even put your gloves on that you're gonna be wearing um, because you aren't always going to wanna have a bare hand to do um, the buckles because it could be really cold out. And the other thing with gloves is you're probably going to want a lighter pair of gloves than what you would wear for downhill skiing. Great information. I'm sad because I was sitting here listening and I didn't even look down at the time and I realized we're, we're over on our time. But I did <laughs> want to say, um, Catherine, you have multiple books. Where can people find this book along with all the other books that you have written? So the easiest way would be to go to my website, with, which is katherinereed.com. And up at the top right, there's a um, icon that says books. And then that lists where all the different places are that you can um, get the books. There's um, down in the, the, the Carson Valley area, um, Shelby's Bookstore and Fresh Ideas. Um, Shelby's is in Minden, Fresh Ideas is in Gardnerville. Um, I believe each have all three books. 
uh, and the um, Carson City Chamber of Commerce has just the hiking book. Uh, they are available online, um, but really, if you go to um, my website, that that lists all the different locations that they're available um, uh, in the basin and outside of the basin. Awesome. So different locations and supporting local businesses. Absolutely. I would much prefer people support the local businesses than um, than the big online. So they are available the big online as well. <laughs> Get them where you need them. But yes. thank you so much, Catherine. I hate to end it abruptly like that, but I was like, oh no, we're over on time. <laughs> it's just so easy to sit here and talk with you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife. <laughs> <laughs>